Good Friday, everybody. It's time. We are under 24 hours away from the big showdown in the shoe, Ohio State and Penn State, a top 10 matchup that will not only decide the Big Ten East division and possible Big Ten championship, but also huge college football playoff implications riding on this one. Welcome back to Locked On Buckeyes, your daily fix of Ohio State football and Ohio State basketball. I'm your show host, Kyle Lamb. As you can imagine, we will preview one final time this Ohio State-Penn State game. I have more with my conversation with Kevin McGuire, host of Locked On Nittany Lions, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, as well as contributor for NBC's College Football Talk. We'll continue that. I will tell you why this 18-19 to 19 point spread is such a huge historical deal and just why it's a good thing for Ohio State to be in this position. I'll also talk a little bit about Ohio State basketball. Another game tonight, 7 p.m. tip-off against Purdue-Fort Wayne. That's coming up in the third segment. Why you should pay attention to the Buckeyes basketball. And I will also offer my final thoughts and predictions on this Ohio State-Penn State game and what I think the score will be and whether the Buckeyes will be victorious. Follow Locked On Buckeyes on your favorite podcasting platform. We're on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or play the Locked On Buckeyes on your smart speakers. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. Catch the show on Twitter at Locked On Buckeyes Singular. Locked On Buckeyes is brought to you by JFQ Lending. All of your mortgage and refinance needs should be handled by a Buckeye. Licensed in 33 states and more on the way. Check them out at jfqlending.com. All right, listen, we've had a full week of the full-blown hype. I wish we could kick this off right now because it's it's time for substance. It, it's been kind of painstaking to blow this game out of the water with coverage just because it is a big game. But my goodness, we're talking about a 19-point spread. Here in a second, I'm going to contextualize how big of a, a spread this is. It's, it's actually 18 or 18 and a half in some places, but it's still 19 in other places. And that is a really big deal. Like I, can, I, I I'm actually blown away by this line because you don't see this kind of a line with top 10 teams very often. There have been a few Bama teams in the past that have had this kind of a point spread over some other SEC opponents. And that's been, I think, kind of indicative of how good those Bama teams were. Last year was a really, really good Bama team. They had their moment against Georgia where they really probably should have lost. And Jalen Hurts saved their bacon coming in for an injured, ineffective Tua and winding up going to the college football play. Of course, they got their they got boat raced in the championship by Clemson. But that Bama team was really, really good. This Ohio State team is excellent and I, I don't think this line, 18 to 19 points, is, is saying anything negative about Penn State. You can justifiably have concerns as to whether Penn State is legit. I think they're a top 10 team. I really do. And that just says something about the historical dominance of Ohio State. I've mentioned this back in the past week, but Ohio State is the just the second team in 100 years to win their first 10 games by 24 plus points. They had the highest scoring margin, 417 points, through 10 games. 
of any team in college football since 1975 when the scholarship limits got imposed. So this line, it's weird because Ohio State has been undersold by Vegas all year long. The handicappers and casinos and sportsbooks have been catching up, playing catch-up with this Ohio State team. Because the way these things work is they regress teams all the way through the season, not just your on-field performance that year, but they're also looking at past data. They're looking at past seasons, how the coaches typically perform. They're looking at the previous year, how you finished. They're looking at star rankings, what kind of talent you have on your roster. you got to remember Ohio State. You all do remember Ohio State last year. You remember how iffy that defense was. I would actually go so far to say how bad that defense was last year. And that's playing a role into why Ohio State is way ahead of Vegas right now. Because handicappers do take in previous talent. They regress. They assume that you're either never as bad as you look or never as good as you look. And that's where they're at with Ohio State right now. They believe Ohio State is good, but they don't know that Ohio State is this good because few teams rarely are. Usually there's some regression to the mean going on, and you expect teams like this to come down to the earth. Come down to earth. Ohio State has not come down to earth, at least yet. They still could. It could happen this week. But interestingly enough, I had been predicting a 12 to 14, maybe 15 point line. I did say, and I'm going to own it, and I'm going to be, I was wrong. I didn't really expect it'll be over 15 points. I said 15, 15 and a half, 16 points. I just didn't see that. And it's partially because the look ahead lines for this game were coming out at 12 to 14. And Vegas had not caught up, and I didn't think they were going to abruptly catch up with this. But interestingly enough, when home field advantage is added in, this game comes out to 15 or 16 if you just go by the power ratings that are out there, which tells me Vegas has probably caught up because this is maybe a couple points too high. It's, it's probably a little bit higher than you would expect it based on the power ratings that are available. I'm still waffling a little bit on this. Uh, I'll give my, my score prediction later on at the end of the show. When we talk to some Ohio State basketball, and I'm going to give you some reasons why you should follow Ohio State tonight against Purdue Fort Wayne. But we're also I'll hold my prediction for the end of the the end of the show if you want to hear it because I've been trying so hard all week long to analyze this objectively and figure out where I need to come in on this. But I will start with this to give perspective on how incredible this 18 to 19 point line is. I looked this up because you don't see 19 point underdogs win very frequently in college football. So I use team rankings. I use data from teamrankings.com. I pulled up all 18 to 19 point favorites since 2003. That's when their data set goes back. That's 16 seasons now. I, I'm not sure if you're ready to hear this, but here's how incredible this line is. Remember, we're talking about a, an opponent that is a top 10 team right now. 18 to 19 point favorites in college football. And it doesn't matter where the game is played because home field advantage is already factored in to a Vegas point spread. So we're not going to worry about that. 
But teams that are 18 to 19 point favorites in college football since 2003, their record, sit down if you're standing up, if you're standing up, or if you're sitting down already, maybe you want to stand up. I don't know how you want to do this, but the total record since 2003 in college football, 271 and 23. Yes, you heard that right. 18 to point, 18 to 19 point favorites in college football since 2003. The record is 271 and 23. That's 23 losses in 94 games, which comes out to about a 92% win percentage. So for Ohio State to be an 18 to 19 point favorite against a top 10 team is to say that they would be expected to win about 92% of the time. Really incredible because whatever you think about this Penn State team, even if you think Sean Clifford is overrated, if you think KJ Hamler might not go, if you think that secondary is trash because they played poorly the last couple of weeks, all of these things might be exaggerations. But even if you feel that way, to say that Ohio State would beat this Penn State team, even at home, nine out of 10 times, let that sink in. That's really kind of crazy to think. But that's where the data is at with this team right now. That's how good Ohio State is. I don't think it has much to do with Penn State being overrated or just not being that good. I think that don't do the SEC thing because, you know, outside of the SEC, everybody else if you're like a Penn State, oh, they're not that good. They're mediocre. They're garbage. Who have they played? That's what happens to teams when they're not Florida or Auburn. It's funny, the SEC and, and, the, rate, and the AP and college football playoff rankings this week, the top zero loss team, one loss team, two loss team, three loss team, all from the SEC. Surprise, surprise, right? And that's what happens if you're a Florida, a two loss Florida or a three loss Auburn. Well, it's just, you're still really good. But if you're Penn State, you can't afford those losses. Somehow you lose to Minnesota, a good Minnesota team, and you're overrated. So don't do the SEC thing. This is a good Penn State team. I don't know if it's a legit national championship contender, but it is a good Penn State team. So Ohio State being this type of a favorite, it's really, to me, it's kind of it's still kind of shocking because these are really good Really good teams that we're talking about here down the stretch. But Ohio State is historically good. They've been historically dominant. We'll see if it's more of the same. I'm just not sure what to make of it. Look, this Penn State series, you know, if you've listened to me in the past with, with this podcast, you know I'm not a big fan of judging teams based on past history. I don't think past history is going to win or lose a game for Ohio State or Penn State this week. But I do know this Penn State team, the last three meetings, They've lost by a total of five points to Ohio State. Two of those were in Happy Valley, but they've still played Ohio State close. They've had a lot of historically close meetings between these two teams. It is incredible, and I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast, credit to Tony Gerdman of the Ozone for pointing this out originally on Twitter, but Ohio State has only lost three times in 15 meetings in 50 years in Columbus to Penn State. All three of those meetings were with freshman quarterbacks, true freshman quarterbacks. Art Schleister in 1978, Braxton Miller in 2011, and Terrell Pryor in 2008. Three times out of 15 meetings, Penn State has won in Columbus. Again, I don't like to do the past history thing as to who's going to win this weekend, 
But Penn State has not had a lot of success. They've had close calls, but outside of Ohio State being in transition years with freshman quarterbacks, they just haven't gotten it done at the horseshoe. So we'll see what happens this weekend. I'll save my prediction for the third segment. If you're interested, maybe some of you don't care what I think. I'm not even sure I care what I think, but I will have my segment or my prediction coming up in the third segment. Coming up next, after the break, we have Kevin McGuire of College Football Talk and Locked On Nittany Lions podcast as we consider continue our conversation from yesterday about this game and some more playoff scenarios. Kevin McGuire coming up in just a moment. We are back now, Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Buckeyes collaborating here for a, an extra segment talking about the big game of the week, Ohio State-Penn State, a top 10 showdown in the shoe. Kevin, this is amazing because... We have not just Fox covering this with the big noon kickoff, but we've got ESPN College Game Day that's going to be in Columbus. BTN Tailgate is going to be in Columbus. The whole world is is watching this game. It it's it's the the showdown that we've been hoping for all season. Big Ten East is on the line. Not much more you can ask for here. No, and it's really not. And I kind of joked on Twitter the other night to say I'm surprised that the SEC Nation show isn't popping up to Columbus too. Because <laughs> you know why not? You know they they want to be there. They want to see what's going on. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's great that we're getting all this attention on this game. And you know not too surprisingly because there is a lot at stake here. You know we we've already discussed about the the strengths that Ohio State has, what Penn State has to offer. But let's get down to the nitty gritty here. The Big Ten East is very much on the line here because I know there's the possibility of a three-way tie that Michigan comes back into the picture. But for all intents and purposes, if Ohio State wins, they're going to win this division, right? And I think they, they clinch it that day, right? Yeah, that, if Ohio that State, accurate? yeah, that's right. If Ohio State right. wins, they clinch. If Penn State wins, they still have to technically ho hum beat Rutgers. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like if Penn State wins this game at, at Ohio State, they're winning the division, right? Because as I've always been saying. Everybody beats Rutgers. So, I mean, that's that's why I'm saying this division is basically going to be decided this Saturday this Saturday afternoon. Yeah, people in Columbus were freaking out because Ohio State only beat Rutgers by 35, which was 17 less than the spread expected. So, uh, and that was Ohio State basically being as vanilla as possible and not being real sharp. Right. Well, I mean, Rutgers did score 21 points on Ohio State. So, you know, maybe maybe it's time to push those panic buttons, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I, I want to ask you uh, something. So if Ohio State wins, as we talked about, we know Ohio State is going to the Big Ten, uh, Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis. If Penn State wins, we know they'll probably be there as well. Now, Ohio State, if they keep winning, they're going to be in the college football playoff. Penn State, I think, if they beat Ohio State and win out, probably will get there as well. But I'm curious, Kevin, what happens in this scenario that Ohio State loses to Penn State and they're just kind of hanging there with one loss? Do you think that there's still a path for them to get in? I would assume that they'd still be ahead of Bama or some of those other one-loss teams, but I'm curious your perspective on that. Yeah, I think we're opening the door to a possible two Big Ten team college football playoff. And I know... You know, th there's probably a lot that still has to happen. First of all, Penn State beating Ohio State, I would consider a lot has to happen. Uh, but it, regardless of the fact, if Penn State does win this weekend, like you said, I think both teams are going to win the remaining games because Penn State will be Rutgers. I think Penn State would take care of business in the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin or maybe a rematch against Minnesota. I think that they would be in under those conditions. And Ohio State, you know, I if they lose this weekend, I don't see them falling very far. 
uh, because I think this committee has a lot of respect for Penn State. We've seen that. They've explained that the last couple of weeks with these rankings. Uh, they think very highly of Penn State uh, compared to some of the other teams that are out there. Even though they're hanging down there at number eight, I think that they should be worthy of being higher than maybe Utah, maybe even Oregon. I think just based on the top 25 wins, but you know, Penn State's got the body of work. If they win out, I think they'll be in. Ohio State's a big question to me because I, I'm not going to say that it's automatic that a one-loss Ohio State team would be in, but I certainly feel they would be much more deserving of being in compared to Alabama. Uh, I don't think, uh, obviously, if Georgia loses the SEC title game, that certainly helps too. Uh, so I think there are some things that are in the cards here that could easily move Ohio State into a position to be in that top four at the end of the year if they were to lose this weekend. Because let's keep in mind, that would mean that they're going to beat Michigan next week. Uh, and Michigan is climbing those rankings too. So Michigan's looking, been looking pretty good and they're climbing back into the good graces of the committee. So that would ultimately help Ohio State right at the end of the year. You know, I thought it was subtle, but Kevin, it also was a good sign for both Penn State and Ohio State with their national championship aspirations that Penn State was still ahead of Minnesota this week. Because the committee, to me, was saying, we value Penn State's strength of schedule. We value those wins. To me, that is a good sign going forward for whichever team wins this game. It's going to help the other one with the strength of schedule argument in the event it comes down to a one-loss situation. Yeah, Kyle, I've been saying the last couple of weeks on the, on the Locked On the Alliance podcast that if you're a Penn State fan, you want Iowa to keep winning games. You want Michigan to keep winning games because they're hanging around in the top 20 easily. And the more that they win, the better. I know Iowa took a step back against Wisconsin. That game actually would have helped Penn State a little bit more because it would have knocked uh, Ohio State's best win, Wisconsin, with another loss. But either way, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa are going to be pretty decent the rest of the year. So obviously, if Iowa climbs into the top 15, which I think is still a possibility uh and, and michigan certainly is in that category that those wins only look better and uh rob mullins uh, the the chairman for the selection committee uh, athletic director of oregon he was asked about this uh during the playoff ranking release show the other night and he he put out there that penn state also has a good quality win against a pit team that's won seven games and there's still a slight chance that pit could play for the acc and maybe sneak into the top 25 at the end of the year but you know, I, I think that's another win that's getting some respect from the committee. And, you know, let's not discount this Indiana team either. Indiana has seven wins now. Um, they could easily uh, pick up a win against Michigan. Not easily pick up a win against Michigan. But, you know, that's another team that both Ohio State and Penn State have under their belts too. Yeah, that Indiana team is it could be trouble for Michigan. They've The last four years they've played, they've played Michigan within 7 to 10 points. 7 to 11 points, I think, technically it is. So, uh, looking ahead with Ohio State, you probably saw that Shea Patterson comment said, you know, in the back of our minds, we know we've got one big one left. And he said that the week of the Indiana game. So I, I don't know, Shea, you, you might want to slow down just a little bit. That, that Indiana team is no, no walk in the park. Yeah, I can tell you from firsthand experience, uh, do not take Indiana lightly. And I'm not saying that Penn State took Indiana lightly, but that is a, that's a good team that they've got going right there. Uh, they're Passing offense is pretty uh, pretty solid right now. Uh, and like you said, they've given Michigan some troubles the last couple of years. So that's obviously a team that Michigan can't look past. But I, I think I kind of understand, too. I mean, if you're if you're part of that Michigan program, you know how long it's been since they beat Ohio State. And you know that that's all they talk about, especially when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. Uh, that's a win that he has to get sooner or later, <laughs> I think, if you're him uh, moving forward. Because uh, that's one of the things that's really holding them back from getting to the Big Ten Championship. Not, not, not so much this year, obviously, but you know, 
people rip Jim Harbaugh all the time, but you, let's not remember, let's not forget that he's been one win shy of playing for the Big Ten title in two seasons, and Ohio State was just the team that stood in the way. You know, Kevin, so I'm curious your thoughts more on this game, because I saw a colleague on the Ohio State beat point this out, and I mentioned it earlier uh, on my show, Lock on Buckeyes, with, with Bill Bender. Ohio State has lost to, to Penn State three times in the last 15 meetings, dating back 50 years, okay? Mm-hmm. It was surpri- I was surprised to have learned that those three meetings all involved Ohio State starting a true freshman quarterback. So they have not lost in Columbus to Penn State except for in instances where they had a true freshman. That kind of surprised me just because of how many close calls and battles that these two teams have had. I wouldn't have guessed that. I'm, I'm curious what your, your honest thoughts are about this matchup coming into the weekend. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, from the moment that Penn State joined the, the Big Ten back in 93, uh, going to Ohio State has always been a problem. And there's, like you said, there's only been a small handful of times when it hasn't been a problem. And you know, one of those years was the year where they were both sanctioned. You know, they were both they were both on the the postseason ban. I think that year. So I don't even know. I don't even know if you can count that one. So yeah. I don't. So I think in the grand scheme of things, I think the the series has shown that no matter how good Penn State is, and you know, they've had their ups and downs. Let's be honest here. But you know, even when they're at their best, Ohio State just seems to be better far more often than not. And that's because they've been much more of a solid program in terms of recruiting and developing talent. Penn State is getting into that into that flow, and maybe they're there now with James Franklin. But it's it's been a rocky it's been a rocky up and hill battle for a number of years over the years since coming into the Big Ten. And Ohio State has just been the team that's been one better than them, or two better than them, or you know fifty something better than them in one case. So I, I just feel like you know certainly the way that Jim Trestle ran the program uh, really took things up to another level for that for Ohio State and then Urban Meyer comes in and the recruiting just increases exponentially it seems and it, they haven't really skipped a beat and I think that's something that Penn State has sorely been lagging behind for a long stretch of time and maybe they're closing the gap a little bit now but it, there's uh, there's years of work that's already been put in at Ohio State that Penn State has been trying to catch up to one thing I one last thing I want to talk to you about because I did you catch the the comments by Joel Klatt on Colin Cowherd's show a few weeks ago about the the playoff expanding to eight teams? I did not, but I know that he is always outspoken about his stance on the playoff. But what did he say? Yeah, it was interesting because he he went a step further. I think we've been up operating under the impression that it would expand to eight teams, but interestingly. He said he has sources telling him that it is going to expand to eight and it's going to be sooner than people think. He said he speculated it'll be actually in the next few years. So he, he said that they they are going to do it and it's going to be uh, sooner than we think, implying in, in the next three or four years. I thought that was interesting. I, as an eight-team guy myself, I was really happy to hear that, but I, I was curious your thoughts on that. Well, I... I'm also an 18 playoff guy. I am perfectly fine with the 14 playoff as is if they're not going to change it, but I would, I would love to have an 18 playoff. And I've always been saying it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not if, uh, if Joel Klatt says it's going to happen sooner than a lot of people think I've always been under the impression that we're not going to get any changes until the current contract is up. And I forget exactly off the top of my head, what year that is right now or how close we are to that. But I've always been under the assumption that if there is going to be a change or when there's going to be a change, that's going to be the time when the renegotiations start popping up for uh, the next contract. So if he says that it's going to be sooner than that, 
I'm all for it. Uh, I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine. If you want to go to eight teams today, I think you could probably make it work, but obviously that's not going to happen. But yeah, I've, the, the sooner we get to an 18 playoff, the better off I think I'll be as a fan. Yeah, same here. The one thing I will say about this year, I prefer eight. I'm happy. I'm okay. I shouldn't say I'm happy. I'm content with four if it never gets to eight, but I do think we're heading to eight. I will say this. This year, Oklahoma is probably on sketchy territory right now, but yeah. for the most part, all five conferences have a shot at the playoff, and that's the biggest thing that I want is I want everybody to have access to it. I don't like going into the last couple of weeks of the year and basically knowing that a conference championship is going to have no impact on the playoff scenarios. Yeah, and I don't know how you envision an 18 playoff, but I've always been saying that if I were setting up the 18 playoff, I'm giving one guaranteed spot to each of the Power Five conference champions, uh, however you want to determine your champion. Each of them gets a spot. I'm going to give a spot to the highest ranked group of five conference champion just to get them in there and shut them up a little bit. And then I'm going to have, I'm still going to have a couple at-large bids as well to get some good, really good teams in there too. So that's the way I would do it. I I think that would be the most logical way to do it. Maybe I'm just biased in saying that because I thought of the idea, but I've been saying this really since the 14 playoff started. So I figured, like I said, you know, expansion is inevitable in any playoff format, no matter the sport. So you, know, you can start at four teams, but you know at some point down the line, it's going to at least uh, increase to six, or I, I think six is ridiculous. I think eight is the natural progression here that we're talking about. Yep, I, I totally agree. I'd say eight, give us the five power conferences as automatic bids, give us a group of five automatic bid, and then pick two wild cards out of a hat, and let's go. Let's lace it up and, and give us uh, what the people want. Honestly, it would add value to every conference championship game. You know, That's what I'm saying. And we all know money is the biggest motivating factor here. So if you can increase the value of those conference championships for every conference, you're, you're talking about a, a no-brainer here. This has to be done. It's the easiest way to go about it. Well, this has been a Locked On Buckeyes, Locked On Nittany Lions collaboration. Kevin McGuire, Kyle Lamb. Kevin, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate uh, us being able to uh, coordinate this. It, it's, uh, it's been great talking to you, man. Yeah, Kyle, one thing, I would say it's been a Locked on Nittany Lions, Locked on Buckeyes collaboration, <laughs> but, no, but in all seriousness, it was it was a blast, and hopefully we get a chance to do this again sometime. Maybe we'll do it sometime during the bowl season when we know what all the bowl matchups and stuff like that are. So that'll that'll sound a, that'll be, that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, well Kyle, I will say uh, best of luck to Ohio State this weekend. It should be, uh, should be an interesting afternoon one way or the other, and I'm lo- just looking forward to seeing how it goes, and of course I'll see what you have to say about it as the game progresses. I will give my score prediction for Ohio State-Penn State here coming up in just a moment, but I I would like to point out Ohio State basketball back in action tonight at the Schottenstein Center, Value City Arena. That is a 7 p.m. tip, and I gave you a heads up on this a few weeks ago, so don't say I didn't warn you, but if you want to watch this game, you're going to have to drop the 10 bucks a month it is for the BTN Plus subscription. This is an online streaming only event. So unless you're going down to the Schottenstein Center, you will not be able to watch this game. I'm not sure it might be on a replay on BTN sometime, but I can't guarantee you that I did not look it up. I will tell you this though, Ohio State basketball, if you weren't already tipped off by the four game win streak to begin this season, then you should definitely be ready and able to watch this team going forward because you have a very exciting month coming up of basketball. Ohio State playing at North Carolina in less than two weeks. 
and then Kentucky and Las Vegas next month, West Virginia in Cleveland also next month, Penn State and Minnesota, two early Big Ten games in the month of December. So a lot of Ohio State basketball games coming up with a huge impact on the season. These Buckeyes are really good, taking a little bit, a page out of the Ohio State football program right now in that it's a very, very good defensive team, and they've got a good offense as well. The defense right now, number four in the Ken Pomeroy defensive efficiency ratings. That's points per possession adjusted to competition. There is a little bit of preseason expectations factored in there, but even in raw scoring numbers, they're 13th in the country right now in scoring defense, and number five in the country in field goal efficiency defense. So this Ohio State team playing really good defense, that's become a hallmark of Chris Holtman coach teams. It was a hallmark of Thad Mata's teams for a long time as well. So it's not that Ohio State fans are unaccustomed to that, although it did drop off in recent years. But Chris Holtman has the defense rolling. But the offense, as I've been saying the last couple days, last couple weeks, I think the offense is showing signs of being further ahead than we thought this team would be. It's still going to come down to consistency of shooting and consistency of primary scorers. But as I pointed out the other day, the big plus for this Ohio State basketball team is the fact that they have many guys scoring on a given night. So far through four games, nine different players have scored between eight points and a season-high 15 points. That's to say, no Buckeye has scored more than 15 through the first four games. Nine different guys have scored between 8 and 15. They have done that a total of 24 times through four games. So that means they're averaging about six guys scoring between 8 and 15. Friends, that is a lot of balance, and that is a very good sign for Ohio State basketball. If they can continue to get consistent production from the Luther Muhammad's Dwayne Washington's and DJ Carton's of the world of this basketball team, then it's going to be a great season for Ohio State basketball. So the Buckeyes back in action tonight at 7 p.m. That is a tip on BTN Plus, which is the streaming subscription of the Big Ten Network. You will not be able to turn BTN on and expect to find this on television. You will have to check it out on the stream. That costs $10 for a monthly Ohio State pass if you'd like to watch this game. Buckeyes, Mastodons, 7 p.m. tonight, Ohio State trying to go 5-0. and Okay, so look, it's time I said I would do it. Ohio State-Penn State score prediction. I wasn't feeling very comfortable with this line. Vegas has not been catching up with Ohio State all week long. When this line came out, I'm like, my first glance was, well, okay, this is a little too much too fast, Vegas. And then I thought about it. Well, if they haven't caught up to Ohio State before, then maybe this feeling like it's too high means they're finally catching up. So I'm going to do it. Ohio State comes out victorious on Saturday against Penn State. Not only that, but they cover the 19-point spread. So Ohio State 35, Penn State 14, a big Buckeyes victory this weekend in the shoe as Ohio State clinches a Big Ten East title and a trip to Indianapolis where they will play either Wisconsin or Minnesota most likely and be one step closer to that elusive college football playoff that they have not enjoyed the last couple of years.
So the Buckeyes get it done in the shoe, 35-14. Hope everybody has a great weekend. This has been Locked on Buckeyes. Catch us on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Play us on your smart speakers. Tell a family member, tell a friend, tell a friend's family member or a family's friend. Do whatever you got to do. Spread the good news. Spread the cheer. Locked on Buckeyes is here five days a week. Catch me on Twitter at KYLAM8. That's going to do it for me. Hope everybody has a victorious college football Buckeyes weekend. Talk to you on Monday, everybody.